0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Joe Gervalos with the Safe Senior Hour, and um, we're uh, glad you're back with us. Uh, we'll have an interesting um, uh, discussion today about uh, senior issues, and we're very fortunate to have, a, as our guest, uh, Officer uh, uh, Chuck uh, McFellamy with the Marietta Poli- Police Department who um, is their public information officer, but he also acts, uh, and we thank the Marietta PD, as our public information officer on the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force. Good morning, Chuck. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I I, I know we only have a little bit amount of time with you, so I just want to... There are just a couple areas that we want to cover with you. Um, And uh, I was at a a, a get-together... with seniors uh sunday night and we were talking about uh various issues and two things came up so i don't care whichever order you'd like to address them but one is um you know what when you we tell them to um uh if they see something say something call somebody and we tell them to call nine one one the police what did the police do with the information especially if they They're not going to think they're going to arrest somebody. What do they do with it? Uh, And and then the second issue is um, they wanted to know examples of uh, adult children who end up living at home with their parents and what kind of abuse that they, that that samples of abuse. And I know you had a couple of those in Marietta and they were kind of horrible. So I, I don't know which one you want to handle first. I don't hear him. I can't hear him.
2: To take information and determine, is this something that they should dispatch an officer to, or should they send fire or paramedics? Um, What is the actual call? What does it sound like? The premise of see something, say something is that if I come into your neighborhood as an officer wearing a uniform, I don't know which cars normally park at which residence. I don't know if your neighbor normally leaves their front door open and a screen door closed. I don't know if there's dogs that normally roam the neighborhood or stay within one yard, but you do. And that key would be that you know what looks out of place, what looks strange. Please report that information. When you do report that information, your information as the caller is logged with that call taker at 911. So if I called from my home or my cell phone, it would say that Chuck McPhillamy called 911 to report suspicious activity at whatever location I said. And it would ask that officers be dispatched to look into it. One of the questions the call taker at 911 is going to ask me, so, Mr. McPhillamy, we understand that you want an officer dispatched. Did you want to meet with the officer or not? That's entirely your choice. I'll tell you as a police officer, I would always encourage you to say yes because it's going to get you the opportunity to start that dialogue with the neighbor. So that if you had someone who moved into the house two or three doors down the road from you and you might not have met them yet, something seems strange. What better time to meet them than when you're showing this outward act of concern? stating that something seemed strange and you were concerned for their well-being, it's a good icebreaker to get to meet your neighbors as well as ask the officer because the age-old question is, well, I called and the officer came out, but I don't know what happened. I don't have any closure. Well, if you agree to meet with the officer, the officer can tell you what they discovered. Yes, there was a problem. No, there wasn't. Yes, there was a problem and we arrested someone. Uh, whatever that situation is, what better way for you to get closure than to introduce yourself to that officer that's responding?
1: I, 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 uh, I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I, we had a situation last night where the individual um, was concerned about his neighbors. Just like you said, they has two neighbors. They're 191, 92 fairly... Um, well off but kind of on the hoarder side of things you know they've still got like five old cars in their in their barn and a garage and stuff but his concern was he has no relatives he has no kids and you know they're just prime for the taking and uh, what can be done and and um, again is it is there anything criminal no but he, he said where do I go who do I tell somebody who, where can they get the help? And uh, we we happen to have somebody from the from the elder abuse task force was also there, and the idea is call me and we can get you to the professionals. And that's what the law enforcement. Not every time you get a call, you put somebody in jail. Correct?
2: Absolutely. It's more often that we show up and bridge the gap between two neighbors or two issues. Think of something not sub not subject just to someone of age, you get that noisy neighbor who loves to have the radio on (laughs) outside while they're doing yard work. Well, at some point, it becomes a noise violation. Well, no one's going to jail over that, but there is a way for you to approach them as a neighbor and say, can you turn it down? And if they do, then great. And if they don't, then at some point, it becomes a respect issue And bringing the police in, we can go over and talk to both groups about what does the actual local ordinance say, because it's unique for every city and every state.
1: Right. Well, I I think what's important for for our listeners to know, Marietta is a a city outside of Atlanta. I I don't know what your population is.
2: Um, um, We we have a population of roughly 60,000, according to the last census. Mm -hmm. Sorry. We believe that that number has grown upwards into the 70 to 75 thousand. We're looking at a square mileage area of roughly 25 square miles. We're so we're a fairly small city in northwest suburbs of Atlanta. We are the county seat for a large county for Cobb County, right. and we are. If you were to go back in history, the vacation destination for people who grew up in Atlanta when Atlanta was being formed. So it's a picturesque area, and you might even say a Norman Rockwell sort of a feel for a town square, Uh, but we also have a lot of large industry here. So you have families that moved to this area 60, 70 years ago when Lockheed Martin was first started as an organization here, when they built when Dobbins Air Force Base was started. And so you have people now that are in that senior part of their life that have lived here their whole life and now have adult children that are, have either moved away or live in the area. It's a, it's a pretty good demographic of age, um, and I think that's a good segue into your second question, if, if we're doing okay on time.
1: Oh, well, yeah, no, to... we've, we've got great time. We're up to you, you know, when you have to go, okay. just let us know. But I, what I do so, want to make a point about your police department, you are a very you're, you're are very community-oriented. Uh, you believe in community policing, so when you talk about it, and, and fortunately enough, that's the direction of your department and 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 we obviously brag on that all the time because it really it really puts the citizens right in the middle of 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 their interaction with the police isn't that a good way to say that's what community policing is
2: agreed yes we are very fortunate that we have a, a a very progressive thinking chief as well as a senior command staff that talk routinely about procedural justice and what does that phrase really mean and how does that dovetail into community policing. The procedural justice aspect would say that each person needs to have a voice. And at its core, that is community policing. You live within the community. You want to feel like the police are approachable. You want to feel like they're going to be there for you in your time of need. You want to feel like you can call them without fearing for any repercussions of, well, what if I call them? A a very common thing that we get, especially as people age, the older we get, the more reluctant we are to call 911 because we have this fear that we're being a burden. The reality is that we call police and firefighters responders, and we don't Think about that word enough. Most of the time, police are being dispatched to something or responding to something. If the community isn't partnering with us and telling us about something that may be happening now, then more often than not, police across the country are responding to something after a crime took place. And I don't think any of us would intentionally say let's go ahead and let the crime occur and then just document it afterwards. We would all love to think that when we partner together that the police will work with us, respond accordingly, and help prevent crime by the fact that they are coming out in zone patrolling an area looking at what we said might be suspicious activity. When the partnership happens with the community like we have experienced, the outcome is inevitably a reduction in crime.
1: I, I can't can't say enough about it. having seen what you have done, um, the issues, and and especially working with with seniors, but well, with the whole community. But your officers are get to know the area a lot better than somebody who just reacts to it. Uh, you know, there's a call, there's an accident, there's a break in. Yeah, that's what police do. They react to it, as you say, first responders. But if you're in the community. policing mode you're in the community and people are going to be talking to you and yes you do respond but also you're there where people can come up and say oh by the way have you noticed this i i i can't say enough about the the concept of community policing and and you all take it to the uh to to the to the uh to to the perfect uh, uh example of what should be done in a community but i do think that's that's kind of a a significant point that you made that that seniors think it's a burden and we stress if it's suspicious call, I, I'll, I'll give you a, 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 an example and, and maybe you have the same type of example, it deals with um, we had four people come up, knock on a, uh, um, an elderly woman, she's a widow's door the other day and she didn't want to be uh, um, th- not polite to them and she didn't know what they were selling. They were trying to get her to buy something, and she wasn't paying attention, but she didn't want to be ugly. And, and the the idea is, you know, if you're suspicious, she wasn't sure who these people were, and they wouldn't tell her directly. So, you know, this is where you call the police and let the police come out and deal with these suspicious people because you don't want them in your house. You don't want them casing your house. I mean, is that a, a fair uh, analogy of... of why you should call the police
2: oh absolutely we we had a caller last week who reached out to ironically to me direct because she lives in the community and as you said we get to know the residents she happened to know how to reach me through social media and get straight to me um georgia has become a a smaller version of the movie studios that most of us grew up kind of associating the west coast with and as those movie studios have gained more traction here they've also moved into the city of marietta they do a lot of filming here everything from television commercials to actual movies to tv series well i had a local resident who's older who said someone came to my door with a clipboard and they said that my house was going to be in the background of a commercial. Uh, Chuck, Chuck,
1: excuse me, if I can interrupt, if we could finish this, so we'll let people wait and hear the end of this. At the end of our break, we just have to take a hard break. With that, that ends our first segment of the Safe Senior Hour. Thank you.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, welcome back to our second segment, and we're very honored to have Chuck McPhillamy, the uh, officer with the Marietta Police Department Marietta, Georgia. He's their public information officer, and he's also the uh, public information officer uh, for our North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force. And, and Chuck, we, we appreciate you coming on. And, and you were in the middle of a story here. I didn't mean to... Uh, Catch you off, but we'll let you, um, if you could finish that, it was kind of interesting. Here, please.
2: It, absolutely. We were talking about people being reluctant to call 911, especially right. as they get older, and the importance of not letting a stranger into your home, and that that's not being rude, that calling 911 would be the appropriate situation. Uh, the example that I was giving was a local resident who had someone knock at her door they appeared to just be wearing average clothing, blue jeans, a T-shirt, a light jacket, carrying a clipboard. And the person at the door said, ma'am, your film, your your house is going to be in the backdrop of a television commercial and I need to get some information from you. Well, how many of us hearing just that, if we were to open up our front door today and someone greeted us with that, your mind starts to race in five different directions. What television commercial. Is this real? Why do they need information from me? Am I going to be paid for this? Is there, Are they using my property? Did, did my relative or loved one give them permission to do this? Your mind races to a lot of different places. Fortunately, the woman in this particular scenario said, you can leave me your business card and I'll be back in touch, but I'm not giving you my name, my phone number, or any piece of information until I verify with the local police mm. that you are who you say you are and that the police department is has approved, the city has approved your filming crew to come in and use this street and partially my property. So she reached out. We verified that it was, in fact, real, that she just was not, kept in the loop from a a mistake and the reality is that it was okay but imagine how easy it would be to gain access to someone's house using that just as a ruse to get your foot in the door
1: oh i i i see it um you know i I see these these uh people saying they're somebody they're not Uh, the example is you know we ask people to speak through the door and say are you uh you know, you have to be licensed to solicit, and they'll show them a plastic-covered um, card. Well, I, I remember I confronted a person once and said, geez, are you licensed? And they said, here. I said, well, let me see it. Well, it was a license to, to, to solicit North Carolina. There weren't even a resident here. And I said, no, well, that won't work. And, by the way, the police are on the way just to, to, to help you in any way they can of, of complying. Well, of course, they took off. But... The idea was not to let them in the house, and that's what I was glad about this senior who made that statement, that that, that she was concerned. Who are those people, especially when four of them appear on, on her uh, front porch? And, you know, let's put our, our, our uh, ourself in the place of the seniors. She's there all alone. She's a widow, and there's four people. There's four against one. You know that's why your only protection, and I think you agree with this, Chuck, is is the door. You got it locked, and you know, I mean, they're not you know they're not going to break in. Um, but if you let them in, then now you got to get four people out of your house.
2: I can tell you, in our city, soliciting is not allowed without a specific permit, and that permit is almost never given. Meaning, the city controls it. Very strictly, you have to meet very rigid guidelines before you're allowed to go door-to-door, because so many of the residents have stated they don't want that. So if I'm a senior and I live in Marietta, Georgia, and someone knocks at my door, unless they're there on behalf of a church or they're there on behalf of some sort of elected official that's trying to share information... Those would be the only two people outside of a neighbor that should be knocking on my door. If I open up that first door or look through a window and I don't recognize who the person is, I would like you, I would encourage them to immediately call 911 and say, I'm concerned for my safety. There's someone at the door. They're knocking. I don't know who they are. Please come have the police talk with them. And then... If it really is someone that, let's just say it was a distant relative that had looked you up, well, after a good laugh of, why did you call the police (laughs) on me, no one's going to be in trouble, and then you can safely open up the door and not worry about being injured.
6: Right. You know, another, uh, if I can break in here for a second, another great thing is the electronics today and uh, the ability to have a camera on them, talk to them, and never have to open your door.
2: The idea of so many different devices, the brand names that would be synonymous with Ring, um, but the, the reality is there are several different versions of that same doorbell that you could even set up as you, as you age and get to a point of, I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with this, if you have someone that you want as your power of attorney or a guardian uh, you could have that Ring device set up to go to their phone, if not your own, mm-hmm. so that they could interpret yeah. that for you, and then decide is this appropriate for you to open the door.
1: Well, I think that those are good advices. and again, you know, there are many of them. I think Nest has one, and Ring, various. I, I do want you to go, and I don't mean to keep you much longer. And, and, and I know you're trying to um, we're, we're trying to get a lot of information from you in a short period of time. But again, that question that came up, can you they're asking me can I some examples of you know when when our adult children move in, um, what kind of forms of abuse or do we see? and I think you had some situations um, where we talked about it where people where the elderly were on the top floor and their kids or grandkids took over the bottom, and you had some issues with that do you, is do you remember anything like that, Chuck?
2: Sadly, we've had dozens of cases throughout time. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a few that come to my mind, I don't know if they're the same ones that came to yours. The the situation is this, each one of us, myself, I will get to a place that I am no longer comfortable living at home alone. And about the time that that happens for me, I'm probably going to try and become a little bit more secluded because I don't really wanna show my vulnerability and I really don't want to go into an assisted living if I don't have to. Now you enter the conversation with your family, your children, your extended family, your aunts, your uncles, your nieces, your nephews, what will that look like for me in that scenario? Will I stay in my own home? Will I have the means to have someone come live with me that's just a paid, just say a nurse, do I need that nursing care for a certain amount of time or 24-7? Oftentimes, we see family members will have someone move back in and live full-time with that elderly person. The question becomes, is the family all on the same page with how that should play out? As the senior, you need to decide who will be responsible for your finances as you age. And that can be someone inside the family or outside of the family. It can be an attorney. When you turn that power over to a child and give them access to your checking accounts and savings accounts, who will be there to really look over their shoulder and make sure that they're not using those money, that money, those funds, to finance a new family vacation for themselves or buy their children? new cars and new houses while the rest of your children and grandchildren don't benefit from any of that, who will be there to make sure that your care is being monitored? We've seen in that scenario, it's fairly typical that the senior has more than one child, and it's usually one child who is asked to be in control of the books. And when that happens, it doesn't happen every time. But when we see a case of abuse, it's because that one child has stepped in and started funneling off literally $20,000, dollars $80,000 to give to their own kids or to buy themselves a new car or to buy themselves a new house. There's a fine line between using that money as you want. It is your money as the senior. And then that child that you've entrusted with it, taking that and using it in an abusive fashion. And we would encourage the siblings hearing this, that suspect something like that has occurred. You need to reach out to your local law enforcement and report that. You need to make arrangements to meet with a police officer, give them the facts that you know, ask them to take a report and turn it over to a fraud investigation unit or an elder abuse investigation unit, a detective. So the average officer responding on the road may or may not know all of the different details and avenues that could become a factor in this investigation, but they can take that report from you and start getting justice for that.
1: Again, it starts by somebody having to call who uh, who has some concerns. I I do want to touch this, and we just have a few minutes left for the segment, and I know you have to uh, go, is when the uh, senior, and I know you had some situations, uh, allows their their kids or grandkids to stay in there, and they end up being come intimidated by the children or afraid of them. I think you had one case that it was just really horrendous. You, you, You know what I'm talking about?
2: I, well, there have been several. Yes, right. one where right. one where she her kids end up getting arrested, and then they tell kids they've been in prison with to come move in with mom and quote unquote take care of mom. Now you have total strangers living with a senior right. who are completely intimidating that senior,
1: and, and and it and and the seniors afraid to do anything. And then I think there was a couple where uh, uh, the gentleman got so concerned about his uh, people living in downstairs because they were kind of shunned upstairs that they went out and bought a gun (laughs) to protect themselves.
2: I, I think the key here goes back to your original question, see something, say something. And as we age, it is so critical to have a group of peers of your contemporaries that you can trust Because there will be times as a senior that you're going to be reluctant to want to share information with your children because it shows a sign of weakness. I understand that. I do. I have great compassion for that. But it doesn't negate the need for you to reach out and tell us that something's happened. The last thing we want is to find out that you've been Mm -hmm. figuratively or literally held hostage inside your own home
1: that's so true and it's such a, a, a horrible situation when you think that that somebody's in their own home and are afraid to to do anything because they've been intimidated uh by it uh, I, I and again I, I your insight is always appreciated we always appreciate when you come on um and chuck i want to personally thank you and, and thank for spending your time and we look forward to having you back on again, and uh, and again. I think what you just said is, if you see something, say something. Call a professional. Uh, so, with that, we want to thank you, uh, Chuck, and uh, uh, we'll have Chuck on again. And um, if you have a, uh, do you have a email that uh, uh, that people can email you or website if they have any questions?
2: Uh, they are always welcome to. And Joe, you can share that anytime. It's first initial and last name. So okay. See mcphillamy at marietta ga.gov.
1: well we appreciate it and we'll let you go and thank you again and that concludes our second segment of the safe senior hour
4: the disease of addiction is a life altering challenge not just for the person suffering its effects but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp what should be the course of treatment who is the best person to render treatment and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.
6: I want to mention the fact that uh, if you really like our shows, uh, you can go and become a patron on our website and uh, contribute $5, 10 $15 a month, whatever you want to do to... Uh, support the shows that you're listening to and i also want to mention the fact that we have another uh advertiser coming on shortly called claims medic and it's uh for these suspicious bills you get from the hospital after you've been in the hospital and um the hidden charges that they may come up with and uh, claims medic it, it's uh, just a fantastic business they go in and fight your battles for you you don't have to fight them with the hospital the insurance company or the physician that was treating you or like I found out uh, physicians come in and all of a sudden they say hi I'm Dr. Smith and uh, you get a bill from him and you still don't know who he is so claims medic and uh, you'll enjoy working with Mary Daniel and her staff they are fantastic folks and if you need some help with your medical bills they're the people to call we'll be back after this get your pen and paper ready if there's a move in your near future I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers Timothy and the guys Column.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, welcome back to uh, Segment 3 of the Safe Senior Hour. And uh, uh, for this uh, last two segments, um, we're going to be addressing some specific frauds and some information concerning them. Uh, but I do want to, uh, to remind you all, our motto is, elder abuse doesn't report itself. And our definition of elder uh, abuse—I know you listeners know what it is—but for our new listeners, we talk about physical, um, which is pretty obvious when you see bruises or activities. We always give the example: we had somebody that uh, uh, physically abused a person with almost 100% dementia uh, with Alzheimer's by for who knows what reason took lighted cigarettes and burned the person all over i mean that's obviously physical abuse or slapping somebody or punching them or things like that the other type is uh, financial abuse which is by by far the most uh, prevalent and unfortunately most of financial abuse is taken uh, or com- committed by loved ones or relatives um uh, and the third is institutional abuse, and that, that's abuse that takes place in, in say, uh, um, assisted living, nursing homes, or personal care homes. And these are where the living conditions are bad or that, that, that there's issues where the, the, the patient is not being cared for, is not being helped, or, uh, or basic issues like that of health and sanitation. Uh, I just want to go over a few things real quickly here uh, about the way uh, the different scams or how the payment method are and how people are contacted, uh, and, and and the scams we're just kind of talking about. This comes from the um, uh, from the Federal Trade Commission's uh, sent, sent, Sentinel Network. Sentinel is the uh, computer. Um, uh, uh, it's a computer used by the Federal Trade Commission when you go on their, their website where you report any scams or potential scams that you, that have happened to you. And, um, and these are just some data from there, but I thought it was kind of interesting that, um, we, we look at it here that the, uh, that the online these are these are five scams that they deal with online shopping, imposter, excuse me, scams that would be like people who are claiming they're the IRS or claiming they're the um, U.S. Marshals, claiming they're the the uh, the local sheriff, uh, and say that they're you know being a um, that uh, You missed jury duty. You failed to appear in court. You didn't pay your taxes. You're, uh, from the, they're from the water department. You didn't pay your water bill. These are all types of scams. And uh, they contact normally by, by phone, email, uh, or online. Uh, but the interesting uh, deal, another scam is the check scams, and the other is business opportunities, work-at-home scams. Now, these scams, um, they're all trying to get your money. And the payment method that, that, that we see the most here are, are ways that they need to get your cash, your money, whether it's in savings in a bank, in a, in a box in your room, they need to get that cash, the bad guys, into their hands, the, the, the perpetrators. So, how do they do that? Well, they do it one that they'll do it by a wire transfer, like we used to do, you know, go to um, uh, Western Union and, and wire the money. Um, we do it, they can do it by gift reload cards, and these are cards that uh, you can go buy at almost any store, and they're known as, or examples of them are like iTunes cards, it used to be Green Dot cards that you would make your payment by those and all that what all those cards are as you go and these are all, can be found all over the world that you go in and you take your $500 and you go to the cashier they activate a plastic card looks like a debit card or credit card and on that is you have $500 now in that card that's that 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 that, that can be used up to $500 Well, the bad guys and the perpetrators want you to then buy whatever the the amount of cards you have to buy, and then they'll call you and say, okay, scratch off the number on the back, and there's a code number. Well, that code number, when they, the perpetrators, put it in their computers, because they're online, and they put in the number that you just gave them from the card, that $500 is just drained right away. They take it out and they clean it. And that's why there's no cash other than what you paid to get the card. Now these people just have money in their account. Um, so we just need to be aware of situations like this because uh, the payment method is will tell you whether it's for real. For example, the United States government, state governments, city governments, county governments, to my knowledge and to law enforcement that I work with, do not take payments in iTunes cards, legitimate payments in iTunes cards, uh, Green Dot cards, or any of these other cards. They usually want a check or cash. Uh, So somebody says, well, you can pay me because you failed to go to jury duty and just get an iTunes card, and that $500 will pay your fee. You know that's bogus. It doesn't happen. So these are some telltale signs that you need to look at to, to say when somebody tells you, if you get this far in a conversation, which we obviously don't think you should, you should shut it off. But I do understand. I'm, I'm living alone. I'm out in, the, in, the, in a rural area, and somebody calls and said they're from the sheriff's department, and you failed to, to uh, come to jury duty. And we're going to come out and arrest you, but you can pay a fine up front and, um, you know, what? your choice. You don't want to be arrested. You're not sure. You don't remember ever seeing a jury summons, uh, but you don't want to take a chance. And so, yeah, you'll go and say, okay, well, how much is a fine? Well, it's 250 it's 500 750 whatever it is. But when they tell you, rather than say, come to the courthouse and pay it, they say, go get a iTunes card, go get a Green Dot card, and then you can meet me, is what the scam goes. And then, of course, they call and say, I'm tied up on a matter. Give me the number on the back of the card. Well, you've just been scammed, and you just lost your $500. Um, now, remember, this is the same thing that happens all the time when when. Uh, Uh, Concerning utilities, we've had cases where people pose as uh, people calling from the electric company, the rural electric company, um, the co-ops, or from the water department saying, uh, I'm on my way to shut off your water, and it'll be shut off till tomorrow. And uh, you'll say, well, what can I do? I know I paid my bill. Well, they say our records show that you didn't. And you'll say, well, but you have to get it straightened out downtown at the county seat or wherever the, the water company is. They say, or I'll be in your neighborhood. I'll check back with you. Maybe I can accept the payment of, my, of a fine. Um, and then you've got to pay your bill on time next time. So we need like $500. And we only take it in, again, iTunes cards, Green Dot cards, uh, almost all of them, and you can go into a uh, you can go into a to a drugstore or a, a dollar store or grocery stores, and you'll see these cards are on racks, and there's there's hundreds of them. But again, the the premise is you pay cash up front. There, they activate the card. They give you the card, and on the back of the card is a number, and that's the number which gives the perpetrators access to the money that you the hard earned money you just pay to to get that card. And again that that you know if it's if it's it, it, it just sounds too good to be true. That's all you got to do rather than appear at the water department or the or your electric department. So I think that's a that's a pretty significant telltale sign as we talk about these frauds that they 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 happen but the method of payment is significant. Uh They usually that uh, on scams, for example, like sweepstakes scams, you know, they announce you won. Well, first of all, find out or try to remember did you ever even play? If you didn't play a lottery, you didn't play a sweepstakes, you can't win it. But if you played and they said you won, and then they make a statement like, Oh, you have upfront fees to pay before we can get your prizes. Should be red lights going on, blinking all the time, because if you won, they can take it out of the money that you won, or they can take it out um, uh, in terms of um, the the distribution when it comes to distributing the prizes and money. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, we have a matter in North Georgia, and we talked about it. Uh, before is on the sweepstakes scam and uh, one that everybody sees on TV. I was just watching it, and somebody called up and said you had won the Publishers Clearinghouse scam. This is a a woman up here in um, in North Georgia, and um, she was so sure she won. They the the people are professionals on the phone who said they won. They said we're coming to your house. We're going to be paying. Um, um, we're going to be giving you a check. And you're going to be on television, and all you got to do though is pay an upfront fee. Well, in this case, she paid over forty thousand in upfront fees because she had won all this, all these goods, but never really uh, collected one prize. But she did dish out forty thousand. Uh, they convinced her that it was a scam, even though she wanted to believe that she won. Well, these people came back at her and told her. Not only did she really win the publisher's clearinghouse, she also won the car that goes with it. It was a German, I think it was a Mercedes or some German. So uh, she paid 20000 more, and she doesn't have a car and didn't win. So remember, if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't true. So with that, that will end our third segment. We'll come back, and we're going to talk about computer scams.
3: or your loved one, can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.atlantahealingcenter.com. I
6: want to remind everybody again that you can become part of America's Web Radio's family just by going to our webpage and signing up to be a patron. Also, in signing up, we'd like to hear from you about what you do, about uh, your business, your job, what you did. And particularly if you're a veteran, uh, we do a great veteran show every Thursday at 10 o'clock. And we've had General Dixon, we've had uh, Donna Rowe on, all Vietnam veterans. And we also want to remind everybody that coming to uh, Newtown Park in Johns Creek is the uh, Healing Wall, and that's a a replica. It's the one that's been all over the country, uh, taking a tour all over the country for many years, and it's a 50% replica of the Veterans Wall in Washington, D.C., Vietnam Veterans Wall. With all the names, it looks exactly like it is. It is exactly like it, with the exception it's... uh, Only 50% of the size, and they'll be having the dedication ceremony coming up right after the first of the year. And uh, we want to invite everybody. We'll be keeping you in touch. We'll also be uh, introducing you very shortly to uh, the newest inductees into the Georgia Military Hall of Fame. And everybody that we've had on from the Hall of Fame has been just... The best guests you could imagine. They're wonderful people. Veterans you can't beat. Uh, Whether they're young, old, it doesn't matter. And if you're looking for a great employee, you can't beat going to a veteran. So we've got a lot of things going on here at America's Web Radio. As we've mentioned, we're the largest producing podcast radio station in the country, we have great hosts, great sponsors, and want to invite you to become a part of America's Web Radio. By hearing from you, you'll also hear from us. You'll be the first to know as we get new shows. And we've got we've got several new shows that are coming up that are going to just knock your socks off. If they're like this show, which has been... Uh, copied, sort of speak, at least the idea has been taken and run with, by Fox News, and also by the Journal Constitution. And uh, imitation, I guess, is the biggest form of flattery, and we're flattered that we start something and other people pick it up and run with it as well, because we advocate for a number of different things. And... The more publicity they get, like senior abuse, elderly abuse, the more recognition, the more people that are talking about it, the sooner we'll put it to bed. So with that being said, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes and uh, start the last segment of the
0: Safe Senior Hour. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, welcome back to our... uh, Our final segment of the Safe Senior Hour, Um, I couldn't uh, agree more with uh, David that, you know, look at your veterans if you all need people out there. Your vets are great people to deal with, and they make great speakers. Uh, They have a great story to tell. But for our last segment, we're going to um, deal with uh, computer scams. When I say computer scams, these are the scams that we've all seen – or uh, we've heard about where you're looking at your computer and all of a sudden a big red uh, sign comes up and it says uh, uh, a virus, or it says, you know, uh, warning, your computer may be infected. System detected two potential males can kind of viruses. Call this number. Clean it now. Well, that's the start of a computer scam here. And just to go over just some highlights of it, I can't thank uh, enough Steve Baker of the uh, Baker Fraud Report uh, in his latest one on uh, 10-31-19. He uh, uh, published uh, links to the uh, Better Business Bureau studies about various issues. I think we talked about the romance fraud last time. Money Mules, well, this is tech support fraud, and and we'll give him and the Better Business Bureau and the Federal Trade Commission, just our hats off, a thanks, and and, and they all do a great job. So please, uh, you know, report scams, not only at Federal Trade Commission, but to the Better Business Bureau. But I think when we talk about the um, Internet, uh, the uh, computer scams, that's what we're talking about when people come on and Um, They're being victimized by networks of thieves posing as skilled computer technicians who operate from the shadows using sophisticated advertising and carefully crafted sales techniques to scare customers into buying phony fixes for their home and business computers. And as I speak to, as you know, I'm a retired federal agent, and uh, I, I am the law enforcement coordinator for the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force. We've spoken to over 3,000 seniors, and almost every time we speak to a group, somebody or many people in the group have all been hit by this scam. Um, these are pop-up warnings that appear on the screen or unsolicited phone call from a technician claiming to have detected problems with your computer. Um I think the professionals say it best when they say, although there are tens of thousands of complaints, this tech support scam may be seriously underreported because many victims do not even know that they have been defrauded. Others learn only later there was nothing wrong with their computer and they were duped. Uh, That's so true. How many people say, I don't know anything about this, but if there's a problem, I'm going to fix it. I want my computer. I want to get on Facebook. I want to talk to my friends. So, we all have got to be leery of this a um, in twenty sixteen, a global survey, Microsoft, and we all know what Microsoft is, how big it is, found that two out of three people experienced a tech support scam in the previous year. That's pretty significant. Two out of three people um, and you know they they talk about it and they say, you have somewhere with computer, take it to somebody. Don't do it over, over online. Well, when we look at this, and, and there's this study by the Better Business Bureau um, and with data from the Federal Trade Commission, is very informative. And, again, you can look at it at the um, uh, Baker Fraud Report at Steve at BakerFraudReport.com. And you go online, you can read his fraud reports about frauds all over the world that affect not only just seniors but everybody else. But in this Better Business Report, the scope of the problem, <clears throat> statistics gathered from a variety of reporting sites excuse me, are staggering. Microsoft, whose corporate name is dropped regularly by the thieves, hoping to gain the trust of skeptical computers, Reports receiving twelve thousand complaints worldwide every month of attempted uh, uh, internet uh, scams. So something you got, we got to remember. The um, they estimated in um, that there is over uh, twenty-one million dollars of lost in just these scams. Uh, Kind of, kind of uh, unbelievable, isn't it? Um, outside the United States, the United Kingdom recently reported more than thirty-four thousand complaints of tech support scams in the past year, making what that country refers to as computer fixing fraud the second most common source of consumer complaints in the United United Kingdom. Uh, an interesting fact from the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, uh, A Federal Trade Commission study indicates that less than 10% of consumers victimized by fraud actually complain to law enforcement or Better Business Bureau. So we don't really know the total scope of it. We just know a lot of these scammers are making a lot of big money and getting rich. Uh, I think to help illustrate what happens, and I think if you listen... This is a story from a, a, a woman in the suburbs of St. Louis. And this is what she, this is how she tells her story, how she got scammed. That she was viewing an online cosmetic product on her three-month-old computer when a warning suddenly appeared on a screen joined by an auto, automated message over her speakers alerting her to a dangerous situation with, with her device. The pop-up warning instructed her to call a number on the screen to address the issue. The person who answered told, uh, told the, the victim he worked for a subsidiary of Microsoft. He told her that her computer had been infected by a virus. The technician, who said he represented a business called Chrome Shield, took remote control of her computer and charged $179 to her debit card to fix the problem. Remember, a debit card, the money comes right out. A credit card, you at least have a a chance to appeal it. Um, Suspecting she had been victimized, she took her machine to a Best Buy store where she was told there was nothing wrong with the computer, and she had been scammed. She said the story didn't end there. A year later, a a representative claiming to be from the same company called her. Uh, And uh, this time saying it was refunding her initial payment, but instead of returning her original 179, the company said it had inadvertently deposited $2,000 into her checking account. They asked her to buy $1,821 in iTunes gift cards to return the overpayment. Thomas realized it was another scam and immediately declined. She said she felt violated by this incident. Um, her advice: Call the Better Business Bureau. Make sure to keep any supporting documents for the scam. Well, more importantly, than that is call the police, call the, the sheriff's office. You need to find it. That just shows you how it how this happened. Here's somebody that tells the story here. Um, nearly half of these com- computer scams begin with a full screen alert message appearing on a user's computer. Uh, those victims often believe their computer has crashed, potentially losing all the data. I do want to end it. We're about to end our segment here, but there are, there are some quick guidelines of what you should do, and I just want to um, uh, touch base with um, uh, consumer tips, and then we'll end it. Do not purchase any software or services from an unsolicited call email, bogus website, or online ad. Never give control of your computer to a third party unless you can confirm that is a legitimate representative of a computer support team. And, and do not be fooled by phony text. Do not rely solely on a monthly statement from a bank card. Check constantly. And do not contact a fraudulent company. Let's not try to get scammed. And with that... Um, We're just making you aware of another scam. So we're going to end our sessions here on the Safe Senior Hour. Remember, elder abuse doesn't report itself,
0: and you all be safe out there. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.